welcome to I'm Not Dead Yet with Judy and Travis, a podcast about living an extraordinary life with extraordinary circumstances. Welcome to the I'm Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm your host, Travis Robinson. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, age 35, in 2014. And I'm your other co-host, Judy Yaris. My husband, Sandy, had Parkinson's disease for 18 years, and I was his care partner. On today's episode, we will be discussing some of the financial impacts to having this disease, what it can mean to your personal finances, as well as the impact on a larger scale with the disease in general. This is a good topic, Travis, because a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but it definitely impacts your pocketbook. Yes, Yes, it really does. And those impacts can be some of the most dramatic life changes that a person can experience. I know that for me, not being able to work and having to go on federal disability has put a large kink in my lifestyle that has had ramifications in every aspect of my life. Right. I mean, when you think about it, you're young, you're at the peak of your career, you might have a family, you might have kids getting ready to go to college, you might be a single person that's been taking care of yourself all your life, and now here you are, you have Parkinson's, and maybe your symptoms have gotten really bad, and you can't work right now. Right. So what do you do? And well, for me, one of the steps that I had to look at taking was to file for disability, a process that even with all the proof that my doctors could furnish still took over three years. Yes, over and over again, we hear stories from people who have Parkinson's that have filed for disability and they are constantly getting denied. And I don't know what that's about because the doctors are telling them they somehow in their mind, there's some weird algorithm, I guess, with the disability people about what they think you can do and what's the reality of what you really can do. And it it makes no sense to me. Like, I don't understand how they expect you to live if you can't work. And in many cases, you cannot work. Right. 
And so, if you are like I was, your life savings will disappear very quickly after zero income. Yes, and that's if you have savings. Some people do not have savings. Some people live paycheck to paycheck. Right, and it's even a bigger problem for them. Right. You know, and here's the other thing I want to say. You're already dealing with the fact that you have PD. It's a pisser that you have it. You're struggling with it emotionally. You're struggling physically. Now you have all these friggin' forms you have to fill out. And can you even fill them out yourself? And you have to do it more than one time. You have multiple times you have to do it. Right, and that is just for the disability. Not even getting into if you want to apply for any other social benefit like food stamps or or affordable housing, or any of those other programs. I know. it's It seems daunting and very overwhelming. And my suggestion is that you ask someone to assist you when you're trying to fill out these forms. Maybe ask a good friend or a family member who's able to do the writing on the forms for you so you don't have to do it because we know your handwriting is impacted by your PD. Right, and even somebody to help keep track of all the forms and all the things that you've answered and how you've answered them. Because the 97th time I'm asked a question will likely get a different (laughs) response than the preceding 96 times. And that is not out of any attempt at dishonesty. It's just my mood changed from the other times I was asked. How am I doing today? Am I able to prepare my own meals? That was something that the disability hearing paid a lot of attention to. And I would tell them, well, it kind of depends on what you mean by meal. I don't make my own four-course specialty dinners anymore. But yes, I can heat up a microwave dinner. So what are you asking about? That's a very good example. You may find chopping difficult or even dangerous, you know. Or stirring. That is one of the biggest problems I have with cooking is stirring anything in a pan that I 
on to stay in the pan. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. Exactly. Also, when you're cooking, if it, uh, remembering to turn off the stove, that's a big one. Many right. a day I'd walk in my house and say, hmm, I'd come home from work and go, what did you burn today? And there'd be a very blackened pot in the sink that maybe Sandy forgot to turn the burner off. So we had to make a rule of no cooking hot food while I was at work. I mean, those are the kinds of things that happen. But, you know, you don't realize what the impact can be if you have to stop working. And I think when you're younger, and also when you're older, you know, it's not just younger. I always refer to young onset because, Travis, you're in your 40s, your early 40s, and you were diagnosed very young. But I know people that have been diagnosed in their 50s, 60s. I know people in their 80s that have just been diagnosed. It's, it's a little bit different if you're over 65 and you qualify for Medicare, but you have to be able to fill out those forms. And Medicare doesn't cover everything. You still need to have a secondary insurance. And if you're on a fixed income and you can't work, then you really have other financial issues that, that can come into play. So there's so many different areas with this. But I think if we can kind of look at, let's look at our young onset today, because I, I like to do that because there's not as much information for people that are sort of at the prime of their life, where they are at the peak of their career, or they've had, they're really starting their career and they're really at their, their mojo, you know, is really going. Right. And now all of a sudden they've been told you have Parkinson's. Right. And so my advice to those who think that they even have an inkling that they may need to go on disability, either private disability insurance or federal disability is find out what it takes to apply for that. Now, do not wait until you are totally screwed to try and apply for that because the time it takes is just very long and most people don't have the cash reserves to make it the time that it will take. It's really important. Start the process early and ask for assistance. You know, it's hard now because of COVID. So there have been a lot of people going on on unemployment and disability. And I know that these the state services and the federal services are really impacted by that. So they're short-staffed. So you have to know that it's going to take even longer now because they don't have the offices open. They don't have the services quite available and running up to par. So it really can take you down a, a much longer path than what you would have expected. The other thing that you need to know if you're going to do any kind of alternative modalities is those are usually out of pocket. And so you can be paying $150 for a, um, for a chiropractor or acupuncture, 
any sort of supplements that you want to take. Right. Those are going to cost you out of pocket. I would say I spend anywhere from one to one and a half hundred dollars every month on just supplements that I take. Yes, it can be expensive. There's no question about it. So those are the kinds of costs that come into play. And even for if you need to see a therapist, a lot of medical insurance doesn't cover physical or therapy. They only cover, uh, or, or psychological, yeah, yeah, part of it, right? But even psychological, you know, when you have psychotherapy, it's not psychological, but psychotherapy, a lot of times that's not covered by insurance. So then you're looking at another something, another 150, another $500 a month, you know, that you could be putting into seeing a psychotherapist. So there's so many elements of this. And, and you know, we have to talk about your finances. You, you have to, if you're the kind of person that never really looks at what you spend and where your money goes, that's great. But once you have PD, you may want to take a look at it because it's going to change. Yes, it most certainly will. And and I think you need to be aware of what your your cash flow is, what's coming in and where it's going out so that you can pre- be prepared to put the money where you most will benefit from it. And for some people, that's from these alternative therapies. For some people, it's for supplements. For some people, it's getting massage. I mean, we know massage is really helpful for PD, and yet I've never heard of anyone say that massage is covered by their insurance. It never is. It's never covered. So that's one of the things that I think you can look at as to how you're going to enable yourself to feel secure because we know that financial insecurity can make most people the craziest and you already have trouble sleeping at night from your PD and now you add throw in a little recipe of financial insecurity and chances are you're not going to sleep at all because it's so stressful and stress is worse for your PD right it's like right. a vicious circle, you know? Yes, exactly. And I just want to touch on the Parkinson's Disease Foundation did that study about two years ago now where they were talking about the cost of PD nationally, and they re-estimated it based on 2018 or 2019 dollars to be over $1 billion. Yes. That is medical costs. And at-home care costs and lost wages costs. I was talking with another 
PD patient, and we were both consultants for a long time, and so we were discussing our bill rate that, you know, that money is not being made by the companies that we once worked for. So that money is lost to the gross domestic product. That's right. So it's a tough one, and you need to start preparing for it. And I think the sooner you can sit down maybe with a financial planner or with an estate planner. And I did have a conversation with an estate planner recently who was telling me that I always thought estate planning, you had to have a lot of money in order to meet with an estate planner. And he said, nope, you don't need to have a lot of money. The whole point of an estate planner is to take a look at your finances and see how you can manage to do the things you want to do. And, and live the way you would like to live and see if you have enough money to do that. And if you don't, then you have to find a way to get this additional income, which would come from disability. It could come. And, and by the way, they offer, the federal government offers a program too for like, um, like Medicare for people that are on disability. So that even if you're under 65, you still would qualify for it. And it will cover a lot of your medical expenses. Yes, but not all of them. No, not at all. And if anyone ever wants to hear about the cost of having in-home health care, where you have to have care partners and caregivers coming in to assist someone, that is all out of pocket. So what you think is your nice, maybe middle-class life, as soon as you start writing those checks for $500 a week, it's not so easy to look at your life and go, oh, I can do this for a long time. I could do this for years. Nope. It gets old very fast and it gets scary. And then if there's something that really is intense where you have to have 24-hour care, it is magnified by 10 times. It's like hiring a person to come and work for you full-time. I, I can just tell you that it was, stag- it was staggering for me every time I wrote one of those checks because it is an enormous amount of money. Whether you are using someone from an agency or you know of someone privately I think it's really important to understand those financial implications. Right. And also, I do want to add here that if you are a care partner or caregiver for a family member, there are programs where you can get paid. I think it's actually a state program. You get paid by the state to be a caregiver. It doesn't mean that they just start paying you out. You have to take special courses. You have to prove that you were providing X, Y, and Z type of care. But there are programs where you can get paid for being a care partner. And so I think that's something that you look into. It's just hard to navigate all this stuff by yourself, right? Right. It is one of those things that 
Regardless of who you are, you probably did not plan on doing this. So, it takes a lot of time and energy to really go through all the programs to find out what you're eligible for. You know, Travis, this is where I think having palliative care can help. We've talked about this before because I know you really support the idea of palliative care. But if you're in a major city with major institutions, most of these medical centers offer palliative care to people with Parkinson's. Um, It's very different than hospice care. I think people think it's the same. It doesn't mean you're dying. It just means you have a long-term illness. And they give you a team that really helps you get through this. So there's a social worker attached to it. There's physical therapists, there's speech therapists, there's occupational therapists. I mean, I always talk about this because I think it's so important to understand all the different things that can happen because it can affect your gut. It can affect your eyes. It's going to affect your teeth. I mean, all these things are affected by Parkinson's. It affects your heart on some levels. So, and your lungs. I mean, there's just, let's face it, it affects your total, you are a whole person and it affects all of you. Even if you just have one little tremor in your pinky finger. Right. Right. So, It's helpful if you can get someone to assist you through palliative care, they will have a social worker that that might be able to help you navigate these things. And maybe they, if you have a friend who really loves researching, they can help you do the research for you because it can be so daunting and, and depressing as well. I mean, let's be serious about it. It's like depression is a big one with PD anyway. Right. Because as we have heard it said in the support groups before, this is a depressing fucking disease. (laughs) Yes, it is. But you don't have to be depressed, right? Right, you can reinflate yourself. Absolutely. So the way you do that is with really great support. And, you know, Travis mentions a support group. Talk to other people that have PD. Ask them what they've done. I mean, I think that's one of the most beneficial things you can do is ask people, you know, oh, you have PD. So what did you do about your finances? You had to stop working. So how did you get around that? Yes, the therapeutic value of one person with Parkinson's disease helping another is without parallel. Yes, we always think that that is one of the best things that we can do. I know that... um, And I'm going to do a little plug in here right now for PCLA because I think in August, we're going to have a layperson panel 
talking about uh, just a Q&A for that's going to be our Let's Talk Parkinson's for August of people. There'll be a child of someone with PD. There'll be someone, a young onset person with PD. There'll be um, a care partner with PD and someone that's had newly diagnosed. I mean, we have a lot of different elements to it, but I think it's going to be really great. So you can ask questions about it because there are so many questions that come to mind when you've been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Right, and many more questions that come up as you go along. It's not something that you know all your questions up front. That's right. You don't know your questions up front. You usually have no idea what your questions are until you're sort of in it. And every day you might have a different question. Just want to point that out. That You know, a lot of people sometimes will say, oh, you know, my, my back was hurting. I didn't know if that was PD or if it was... You know, I strain doing something. Well, why did you strain? Probably because you have PD and you haven't been working out the same way you used to work out. So there's a lot of reasons why things happen. But I think that the financial element is can sometimes be really hard on families. And it, it the impact is is tremendous. And really look at how you can get as clear as possible with what you make, what your income is going to be for a while, and where you think your money is going to be spent, because that will help you have some peace of mind with it, right? Right. Hello, okay, Judy. I think that that does it for this episode. Yes, Travis. Folks can write us into the show at show at indiepodcast.net and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram now. Yes, we're getting we're getting better with it, slowly but surely. <laughs> So you can find us there. Thanks so much, Travis. Thank you, Judy. That's a wrap. Bing. Ping. Ping.